Welcome into a snowy Sunday afternoon, uh, at least in Denver. <clears throat> this is we are recording right after CU found out its fate in the NCAA tournament, and I mean, at least for me, it just feels great to say that uh, after four long years. Um, I'm Jack, and this is over there is Sam. We're from Ralph Report at the Buzzer podcast that you know and love, but also a podcast that you know more and love more. We're joined by uh, Will Whalen from the Freeballing Podcast, of which I am an avid listener, and I'm very excited. Welcome, Will. Man, super excited to be here. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm excited to talk hoops, and you're right. It, uh, it feels pretty damn good to see that logo and that name pop up yeah. during the selection show. Obviously, we would have gotten it last year or two, mm-hmm. uh, despite what a lot of people feel and you know, at the end of the day. Who knows? I guess, right? Yeah. But uh, man, uh, it, it has been been too long for sure. Yeah, last time I believe we saw them on Selection Sunday. CU was matched up against a Big East team that came out pretty hot. Um, and this time, what do you know? CU is matched up as a five seed um, against twelve seed Georgetown, who is a Big East team that's coming into the tournament really hot. Um, and I don't know, instant reaction I saw at least was just uh, either panic or um, knowing exasperation is <laughs> how I saw it. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough matchup. I think, I think I'll be first to say that I think we would be freaking out regardless because we tend to just be a negative <laughs> fan base. And as Ben Burroughs pointed out very quickly, we shouldn't be surprised that we have to beat good teams in March Madness. Like, if we're going to win some games, we have to beat some good teams. I think that, like, looking a week ago, if you said we'd be playing Georgetown in the NCAA tournament, that would be fucking fantastic. I think they had a losing record until this week. But that's, that's just from surface level instant reaction. Yeah, I think you you nailed it. I mean, look at the uh, look at the bracket. What, <laughs> what other 12 seed did you want to face, right? Uh, and... You know they're they're all tough because that's there's a reason why uh, five seeds lose every year. Yeah, and I mean look at some of the other teams like Winthrop is better than Georgetown in my opinion. Straight okay. up, I know I know Georgetown is hot, uh, no doubt about it. But Winthrop has had a better year. Like Oregon State, their resume was actually sneaky, really good. They yeah. they have more quad wins than Colorado in the end, and. So you look, you look at some of the other 12 seeds, like, I mean, it's tough, but that's what it is. Uh, and the second round does you no favors regardless of where you are, straight up. Like, the four seeds this year, I think, are particularly good. Virginia was a preseason favorite in the ACC. They're a number four seed, you know what I mean? Purdue yeah. is a really tough team. They are a four seed. Oklahoma yeah. State has the number one pick in the NBA draft in Cade Cunningham. Uh, one of, if not the hottest team in the country, they are underseeded as a number four. Mm-hmm. And like, we get Florida State. Guess what? That's life. That that's how the NCAA <laughs> tournament works. Which is why it drives me crazy to see people on Twitter. It's always people on Twitter, right? It, it, yeah. Like, pe- people in real life don't say this shit. But uh, sorry, I, I don't. Part of my language. No, uh, no we cuss all the time. It's fine. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, I was like, if anybody's listened to free balling, I've, I've gone too far already. Um, but 
it's why it drives me crazy that people on Twitter are so quick to say, oh, this season will be a disappointment if you don't reach the Sweet 16. It's Sweet 16 or bust. Yeah. You know how hard it is to make it to the Sweet 16, man? It is. And, and they're like, oh, well, Wichita State did it and George Mason did it. I was like, you want to yeah. know why those things are so incredible and why you remember it? It's because they happen one team a year makes that run. You know, a, a true team makes a run to the Elite Eight Final Four like one, maybe twice a decade. Like they're rare. And, it, and you play really good teams. So as far as like a big picture looking at the bracket, I think we got a, a, a half-decent matchup. I'll be honest with you, and we'll dive into that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we were going to get a brand-name team, right? Like that's just yeah. how it was going to go. I don't care if I think Winthrop is actually better. We were not going to get a Winthrop. Uh, we were going to get a brand-name team. We, we, we can't agree, though, that Illinois got screwed a little bit. How so? Look, man. <laughs> <laughs> they had uh Loyola Chicago as the eight seed and then uh dude I okay I Oklahoma State. That. You couldn't believe that Loyola was an eight? Yeah, I guess I, I was You've, living in Kempom world, but I, I watched them a little bit this year. I just didn't get why they were seated that low. I, I thought they were better than eight. And I thought LSU as an eight was also really low, but I, I don't know. That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. LSU yeah. being in the eight in our on our region is kind of tough too. Although I think Michigan is the obviously they're the worst one seed. They're pretty sketchy. Well, and their their second round matchup, same Bonnie's too. Yeah, those are two really good teams uh, between them and LSU. I had LSU as a six. Uh, their resume I thought was really really strong. So yeah. to see them as a nine was a little bit surprising. But like looking specifically at our region, I think we have a really entertaining region mm-hmm. because. I mean, even like BYU versus UCLA or Michigan State is going to be outstanding. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And straight up, I think Texas has a pretty good road here. Like that that bottom half of the bracket, it's really strong with UConn, Maryland, Alabama, Texas. But I, I think uh, I think they've got a road uh, here. And Colorado, I mean, look, I, I guess, as you said, if you wanted to pick a one seed, to beat, to get to the Elite Eight, mm-hmm. who would you pick? You'd probably pick Michigan, I guess. Yeah, every time for me. Uh, well, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Baylor is – I mean, Gonzaga's a Death Star, like I, and we don't have Luke yes. Skywalker, so that's game over. But I, I don't know. Illinois, to me, is, is just terrifying with the, the star power they have. Um, and, I, you know, they, they delayed the Selection Sunday show, so watching them against that Ohio State team – it's 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 just crazy who they can turn to at any time, and that Curbelo kid is like amazing. I don't know. Yeah, they have just shot makers on shot makers. It's ridiculous. Um. So yeah, if, if you want to project that far, I think it you can you can make a reasonable case being like if CU can make it past the first two roadblocks, they're in an okay spot. Um. Even I guess looking at Alabama and Texas, I think those are two. Alabama's a really good two seed, um, at least in my mind. I don't know if you feel differently, Will, but I also think that Texas and Alabama aren't – I don't know. They aren't the same level of scary as as Iowa would be for me. Um, or oh, I want Iowa every day of the week. Oh, really? Okay. Because I know their defense has been, what, like top 30 in the country for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you catch them on an off-shooting night, Right, like that's the thing is, you catch Colorado on an off shooting night, anybody can beat them, uh, and and it's the same kind of deal with Iowa. Iowa has more shot makers than we do for sure. Yeah, uh, but their upside is super high. But the way that they play defense over a long period of time makes me think that they can get got early for yeah. sure. 
I like how Alabama, I don't know if they are anymore. I haven't checked the last day or two, but they were the number one defense on Ken Palm for, or the number two defense or whatever yeah, it was. For, yeah, they're still number yeah. two. Yeah, a lot of the year. And uh, that is, that's a team with a lot of length, uh, a lot of athleticism. And so I think they're, I think they're a really, really good team. Uh, if you want to, if you want to pick a two seed to get, you want Houston hands down. I know they're a bunch of yeah, dogs definitely, and they, and they will come at you, but they don't have the uh, shot making that some other teams do. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched the last two games they had AAC tournament and this last one too. Um, and I think Qu- they're, I think their end of game offense is just Quentin Grimes do something please. Um, <laughs> yeah. which works some, I think worked 23 times this year, but, um, I don't know if that can, that can shut down and hurry. Uh, I, I guess not to get too far ahead of ourselves, I just want to go back to the original matchup. I just saw Circus Sports release their first lines uh, for our bracket and see who opened as a four-point favorite against Georgetown. Let me get the overall over, under here. We have 138.5 is the over-under on points. Um, so just looking at that first game, 5-12, Colorado-Georgetown. Um, like we mentioned, Georgetown got in because they won the Big East tournament. They won four games in four days, something that should be familiar to CU fans. Um, painfully last night and not so painfully 10 years ago, nine years ago. Um, but they, they got hot. They have a nice young guard. Um, and I guess I'll open it up to the floor for thoughts on, on that first matchup. Well, Jack, I was about to ask you why you're afraid of Georgetown off the bat. Okay. Well, I, so I shouldn't say afraid. I, I guess I am a, a little bit afraid, but I'm also sad because, um, I don't know. I love Georgetown. I root for them every time I can. I, I watch them when I can. Um, just that I love that whole program. John Thompson's a hero. Patrick Ewing, obviously, as a player and now a coach. Um, I just like watching them. And I don't like that I have to root for them to lose now, but I do. So that's the main reason I'm pissed, too, is just like I wanted them to be against Tennessee or um, maybe Villanova again. No, they would never do that, obviously, I don't think. Um, just because I wanted to see them go further. But now I hope they don't. Um, and I, I don't know. They have size From, and they have a guard that can do some damage in Dante. Well, what what kind of size do they have, I guess? Because CU has been pretty good against... Are you saying like skinny or like skilled or... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because like I, I haven't really watched Georgetown outside of the last couple of games. And I don't know what to really gather from watching them. Yeah, so I, I guess my they've got some big men, right? Yeah, go ahead. Like their their size is really in the paint, as opposed yeah. to like on the wings. Like a lot of Pac-12 teams, Oregon, uh, USC, they and UCLA, they've got a bunch of six seven to six nine guys on the wings. Mm-hmm. Georgetown has a bunch of six three six four guys, and then towers, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in the middle they have a dude, uh, Timothy, and I'm like, I'm gonna just ruin this last name. I I. Agofi, I think, um, who's legit seven footer and can move. Um, so that's scary to me. And then they also have a guy, uh, way at Wahab. I'm also going to ruin that. Um, Bruce Wahab, yeah. yes. Who's also seven foot and he's, he's a little more of an offensive threat, but just a, like classic post guys, um, guys that I think would swallow up Dallas Walton. Um, if he was put on them. And I, I think that they, like Will said, a lot of a lot of the size is, is concentrated in the paint, and then they have some quickness on the outside, um, and they have dudes who love to take shots. So I, you know, they don't have a lot of they they have wing scorers if they need to be. Um, Javon Blair has been great near the down the stretch, and and the guys come out is is that Dante Harris, tiny freshman guard, um, who just plays super tough um, down the stretch. Yeah. So 
they're a fun team, I think. Yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned Dante Harris. Uh, that is, that's the primary matchup for me in this game. Like, you, you need to win that matchup with him and McKinley, and you need to win it decisively. Dante's a good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he is uh, – you would not expect him to be on McKinley Wright's level. Uh, and, and statistically he's not, but in this matchup, we need to make sure that he's not, yeah. uh, he, he, cause he, he was the one who sealed them, I believe against Villanova. He sealed the game at the line, yep. uh, you know, got himself to the line on a really crafty drive, but ooh, regardless, the one thing that sticks out to me about Georgetown, other than the size, uh, offensively is the shooting. Certainly, uh, as a team, they shoot over 36% from three, mm-hmm. uh, extremely capable in that regard. Uh, and, one of the things about that is they also they do a half decent job of getting three point looks, but they're not like a they're not like as a teammate like prolific shooting team. Like they do want to, you know, their coach is their coach. They want to get the ball inside uh, and they want to pound you. They want to be physical with you uh, as well. And so those are two things that you have to worry about without a doubt. But they are vulnerable. Uh, mm-hmm. They turn the ball over a lot. They have six guys. Six guys who average over two turnovers a game. Oh, God. What a nightmare. Six Six guys. Like, you want to talk about a a Colorado fan base is so damn spoiled. Uh, All we do is bitch about how the buffs handle the press. We turn the ball over like nine times a game. uh, And we've been fantastic about with it throughout the year. Um, In in, as of late, we've been a little loose with the ball. I I will give them that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Georgetown is one of the worst in the country. 309th in turnover percentage. 317th in steal percentage. Uh, they're not top 100 in blocks. Like th- this team defensively is, you know, top 100 good. They're, they're nothing special. They're kind of like an Oregon State-y. Uh, they're a little – What's another, you know, Stanford-y, I guess, yeah. or whatever. Uh, but offensively, other than shooting the ball from the perimeter, this team doesn't do anything very, very well. Now, lately, obviously, they have dictated games with their ability to defend. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Uh, and the results speak for themselves. They're hot. You don't like playing teams of destiny. I get it. But from a matchup perspective, I think we have to like where we're at. We've got a guard stopper. Javon Blair obviously uh, is a big time scorer, yeah, without a doubt. But even then, it's not like Eli Parquet is a, a stranger to such assignments. Uh, and there, <laughs> and there's not like a they're basically built the exact same. So yeah, I guess I say all of this to say that as much as we want to complain about seeing a hot team, as much as we want to complain about seeing a brand name. It, <laughs> If Georgetown doesn't go perfect from the free throw line last week against Villanova, they're not even going to the NIT. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, but uh, speaking yeah. of brand names, speaking of gorgeous logos, Georgetown's also on home field apparel. <laughs> perfect segue, <laughs> Sam. What a podcast your, professional. Your, your Colorado Buffaloes are on home field apparel as of March 10th. Yeah. And we can celebrate the NCAA tournament appearance by getting some amazing Scope Buffs t-shirts. Well, how do you feel about these? Extremely comfortable, soft as all hell. Uh, and, and you know what the thing is? 
is that a, a lot of uh, a lot of Colorado shirts and apparel and and pants they're made for those uh, those CU coeds those CU uh, young men coming in from Northern California that are extremely you know outdoor enthusiasts and skinny and all that stuff. The free balling podcast we are not that way. We're a bunch <laughs> of big ass dudes, uh, and somehow these clothes they feel amazing, they look amazing, uh, and the logos are uh, outrageously uh, creative and. Just awesome. So uh, big fans. What what shirt did they send you? I got Ralphie running around with the buff, uh, the looking high as shit, uh, running around with <laughs> yes. the football. <laughs> yes, with the infinity, like the eight on the nostrils. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the one I love. Good for you. It's the most bolder one. shirt that they made. <laughs> yeah, it did, honestly, and I don't want to say this is a harbinger for the game, but Colorado selection is a little better than Georgetown's. Georgetown, uh, they're a little stodgy in their selection. The Colorado has some this. nice free flowing. I like the Georgetown designs. ones. Okay. The first co- the first college <laughs> basketball shirt I ever owned was a Georgetown shirt. I was born at Georgetown. Oh, nice. Georgetown basketball has a lot of history in my life. I did grow up a Maryland fan, so I was not a Georgetown fan. Yeah. But you know, it, there's not a lot you can do with the Georgetown stuff. No. I'm sorry. How are you going to make a collared dog? <laughs> look really awesome without going into some bdsm stuff you can't <laughs> i you just can't. wish i wish they did more with the block g that's what i love it's like just give me that fat ass yeah. g man that thing is awesome <laughs> maybe that's the shirt just fat ass <laughs> oh man um sam that was great um so i think the home field matchup favors colorado i think the actual matchup favors colorado there's my segue back uh, oh, real quick before we go, promo code, I believe, is freeballing if you want to use the freeballing promo code. Um, all, yeah, all caps gets all you 15% caps. off. And then if you have a second purchase, perhaps, or if you if you want a shorter promo code, Ralphie is our promo code. So uh, either that way, you get two discounted purchases right there. Boom. Uh, free for everyone. So there you go. Sabatino, Sabatino Chen used our promo code, by the way, Will. Hey. <laughs> Even hey, though they I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to text Sav about that. Be like, what the hell, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Whatever gets people more buff apparel works for me. Home, home field did not accept our Sabatino shot was good design. So we're, we have a bone to pick. Um, back to the matchup. Um, I, I think what Will said is is correct. It's it's a nice – I think the personnel is not as scary as it could be in, in this 5-12 matchup. Um, the way they play tempo wise, they don't like push the ball too much. I think they have some transition opportunities, but the tempo isn't anything that is out of this world. So see, so you won't be playing too out of de- depth there. Um, and then the, the other thing I wanted to, to talk about is, um, I, you know, them looking at CU, if you're looking at CU, I think they have to be pretty nervous with, um, what we bring to the table in March madness, just because, Dante Harris is going against a senior point guard that has done it the best against the best teams he's played this year. And um, I, I guess a guy like dry horn who can pick any night to be his takeover game. And I mean, we just, again, except USC, we just shot horribly in the Pac-12 tournament and we still came two points away and that's free throws, three pointers missed and some turnover issues. Not to, not to get into this cause we're, we're already breaking it down, but. I, I like how CU is playing right now, and I think that they just got a little unlucky. I, I think if you're Georgetown scouting CU, I, I think you're more nervous than we are of Georgetown because I think we have a little bit – we have more versatility in how we can beat them, if that makes sense. I, that's my mm-hmm. take, at least. 
Yeah, I think there's a level of physicality that Georgetown thinks they can probably bring to this game. And that's a little bit of a misnomer uh, about the Pac-12 is that it's a soft conference. And don't get me wrong. Yeah, like USC is butter, right? They're Charmin. <laughs> and, th- and that's okay, but it's mental. Uh, they're, they're, they're very short mentally. Yeah. Um, but Oregon State's a physical team. Yeah. Like, like, they are a physical team. Oregon is a – Amarui is, like, one of the most physical players in the country. Uh, and Arizona, an extremely physical team. UCLA, extremely physical. Like, this conference was not, you know, fast-paced, run-up-and-down basketball this year. There were games that you had to really grind stuff out uh, and so and, and physically work through. So, if Georgetown thinks that that is their way to us mm-hmm. – I, I don't necessarily disagree, but they might be surprised with the, what they find a little bit. If you try to get physical with McKinley, Doesn't you, work. yeah, you, you kind of turn him up a little bit. What you don't need to like with McKinley, it's not about bumping him. It's not about chucking him. That's not how you get to him. You get to him by just staying wide, staying long, throwing bodies at him on the perimeter and mm-hmm. forcing him to settle. He's done a much better job recently of still uh, getting by those guys and actually attacking when he gets those isolation opportunities mm-hmm. uh, early in the year, he would die on a lot of screens and that's, that's how you can bother him. Mm-hmm. I think you can certainly take that physicality at Deshaun Schwartz uh, without a doubt. You can take that physicality at Eli Parquet uh, and turn them into basically tipping spots and tipping matchups uh, Evan Batty, you want to get physical, he'll get physical. <laughs> and guess what? The whistle will go both ways on that. Uh, Dallas Walton, I'm torn on whether this is a Dallas game. On one hand, uh, we need his size. Mm-hmm. On the other, he has played really badly recently. Uh, he is probably most the most out of form on the team outside of maybe Jabari Walker, but Jabari Walker doesn't count. Yeah, because uh, he's coming back. One you thing, know, so I, that's my worry. One, one thing I want to look at too with Walden is I think you're right. Especially, I I think I've just noticed. I don't know some things I saw too is just like he's kind of shrinking on screens. It feels like he's setting less of a physical presence out there than he was at the beginning. Um, but I, I'd like to see. I don't know. I'd like to see if they can use him to pull pull. Uh, sorry, what is it? Cute Quetus Wahab? Is that right, Sam? Yeah, Quetus Wahab. Wrong. Yeah. I want to see if they can pull him out a little bit just with Walton's shooting touch um, because I, I think he likes to stick around down low as much as possible. Um, and I don't know. I think on offense, there's a lot of different ways that see you can attack this successfully because I don't know if Georgetown has the 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 defense that um, would, would scare a guy like McKinley Wright away from the rim. Um, I guess – one thing I'm looking at too is if Dante Harris is on McKinley, right? I would expect to see more than a few post ups, right? Like they're they're yes. gonna, yeah, they're gonna take advantage of that. Um, and I think that's a great play for CU, a bucket or a foul almost every time. The really only big thing that they do defensively that's really good is they don't send you to the line a lot. Uh, yeah. And you know, Colorado doesn't get to the line very much anyway, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's not a part of our offense that we rely on. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that kind of. In a, in a game where we're either hot or cold or somewhere in between, it's just a way that we kind of take advantage of late opportunities. Uh, but they don't send you to the line very often. But defensively, th- there's nothing that they do at a really high level. 
Yeah. They just do a lot of things pr- half decently. Uh, and this is just going to come down to like, is Colorado going to shoot four three pointers and a half? Because if they are, they're not going to win the game straight yeah. up. That was the weirdest stat I've seen all year from this team was four three point attempts and a half. Unacceptable. Uh, against this team, you got to shoot 20 and you, and you got to make eight minimum. Mm-hmm. And Jariah has, <laughs> Jariah can't go over, but like that, that's the thing against these guys. You, you just have to pull them out because if you allow them to just kind of do their uh, jack of all trades nonsense half yeah. decently and it be effective, it doesn't work. You have to impose yourself onto them. And to me with this group, it, it, that starts with a fr- uh, three point line. We got to put up shots. We got to make some. So I guess that's looking at B-ball ref right here. Uh, Georgetown allows, it looks like 25 attempts a game, <laughs> which is good for 315th in the country. Um, well, and part of that is the big East, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're playing UConn, you're playing Seton Hall shoots a lot of threes. You're playing no Villanova shoots all the threes, right? Like, like <laughs> Crazy, that, that yeah. league puts it up from, from deep quite a bit. I feel like. So I, I guess that, that brings me to my second point. Um, I think all year Creighton has been a really good foil for, for CU um, in terms of good team against the good teams, bad team against the bad teams. And then they'll show up when they need to. Um, I think that proved itself out. Georgetown just ruined Creighton in the Big East Tournament Championship game. I think it was 73-48, um, which, which put Creighton down about our level of the 5 seed. They're 28-8, so pretty similar in record. Is there anything – oh, Creighton stopped playing. Yeah. They, they gave up. They didn't really care yeah. about that game. Well, and that's true. They don't have their coach because the coach said some of the dumbest shit I've ever heard a coach say. He, he was on the sideline. Or was he, he really? Yeah, McDermott came back for the tournament. Oh, my God. Well – then never mind. Yeah, Creighton, <laughs> that game was won in the third segment of the game. I mean, you you look at the Ken Palm breakdown. Georgetown outscored them twenty five to five in the second ten minutes yeah. of the first half. Like that's the game. That mm-hmm. that that's a wild ass ten minutes. First of all, but like that's the game. And and at that point, if you're Creighton, you're like, how much energy do I want to expend to come back for from eighteen down against a team of destiny? And probably not much. That was probably the best game Georgetown played all all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are we taking anything away from that? Is there anything we need to to look at that? Because I I think Creighton was was pretty similar offensively it, to to CU's profile. Maybe not in personnel, but I think in, at the end of the, um, in terms of stats, is that something that we're looking at that maybe Tad looks at too, or is that just like don't even worry about it? We're Colorado, they're Creighton. Who gives a shit? Uh, I think so. Okay. I think the latter. I think. Because they, they didn't play each other at other like yeah, they only played each other once this year and it looked like Creighton gave up. I wouldn't read too much into it, especially because they are different teams with different mentalities. Mm-hmm. And we are from getting punched in the mouth. Um, I would be a little concerned with Georgetown's win over Seton Hall and Villanova because like as Will said, they were perfect from the free throw line against Villanova. And Villanova still hasn't figured out their offense without Colin Gillespie. And then Seton Hall were just horrible shooting the ball. And I don't know if that was Georgetown's defense or just a cold shooting night, but like Sandro Mamu Kalashvili went like three for 19 or something ridiculous. He went two for 11. Or sorry, yeah, he went three for 16 and then one for five and three. Um, and I actually watched some of that game too. Um, I mean, Seton Hall this year, I think there's missing a little bit of 
the skill level they had in prior years, um, especially from perimeter. And they, they just didn't look like they were there. I don't know. It, it, maybe that's a Georgetown thing, just taking players out of their element. But yeah, it looked like they were just trying to sleepwalking through that game and then they lost because of it. So did you catch anything? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I'll say this, like, this is kind of where I guess I'm at with Colorado to wrap it up. It's like, yeah. If we make shots, if we shoot 38% from three or better, hmm. we're, we're in really good shape. Uh, and if that comes on more than 18 attempts, we're in really good shape. If we don't, we're in trouble. Uh, similarly with, with Georgetown, if they get hot from deep, it's going to be a long night. Because if they get hot from deep, then, then we're dealing with them uh, isolation inside. We can't dig down. We can't make things difficult for them at the rim in terms of their bigs. And we don't have good one-on-one post defenders. Mm-hmm. We don't have a single one. None of, none of our guys are good one-on-one post defenders. They are great within the scheme of the team defense. Uh, so if our guards cannot help down and cannot dig the post, we are in for a long afternoon. Um, Georgetown's a good team, right? They're playing their best ball of the year. They're peaking at the right time. And we are, I thought we, up until last night, I thought we were in a really, really good place. And I'm not going to have last night taint, taint that too, too much. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that you can take anything from the Big East tournament that you don't take from them as a whole. Because if they play like they did in the Big East tournament and you play like you did in the Pac-12 tournament, you're going to lose. And that's, that's just the way it is. So you can't just like use those two things as what you're propping up for them. Okay. And what you're expecting and what you're game planning for. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's it's hard to do the Selection Sunday right after that, that Saturday game. Um, I will say... Will, I liked what you said during the game. There was a lot of reaction after as well. CU's game last night I was talking about too, where, um, you know, using that as, as a projection forward, I think is a little hard just because I think you mentioned a few times, CU lost to Oregon State, which is bad, but also Kalu, I think on Oregon State had what, 18 points, 16 points. Like a guy that you, you scout, you is not like the main guy stepped up and beat you. And that's something that's going to happen at times, but I don't know how, how much you have to use that going forward. Yeah. So somebody uh, replied to that tweet. Uh, I forget who it was, but they're like, no, if he goes off for 20, it means he played like shit. And I want to be like, like, okay. <laughs> okay. You know, sure guy. But like, here's the thing. I saw that too. That was bad. <laughs> if, if your if your scouting report is stop everybody from scoring, you're not coaching above third grade. <laughs> In third grade, you can say, stop everybody from scoring, and you actually have a chance to do it. But at the high major or really college-level ball, the truth is that, like, somebody is going to score, right? And what you want to do is make the best players take the toughest shots possible and live with the results. I thought we we put Ethan Thompson in a spot to take a lot of difficult shots, Mm -hmm. and he didn't hit a whole lot of them. But what happens is in the process of trying to make a really good player take tough shots, inevitably you will give up a better look to a worse player. And you, and 
if you say, if your game, if you are willing to be like, well, I am not willing to live with a, with a good look from a bad player just to give a good player a bad look, then you're, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face or whatever the fucking saying is. I don't know. I think that's it. But you know what I mean? Like, like eventually <laughs> if, if you force somebody into a tough shot and you have help side defense, somebody will be open. Right. That is basketball. What you want is the person who's open, who takes the shot to be the worst person possible. And mm-hmm. guess what? The guy who averaged four points a game hit daggers. All right. It happens. We missed eight free throws, bro. We, we didn't hit a three-point shot. We hit we had like two three-point makes with four minutes left in the game. We played as bad offensively as you could ask us to play for an opponent. Yep. They went nuts. They hit haymakers. In the, and that's why I say with Georgetown, if you're going to – like if, if Oregon State's team uh, – I forget who's playing them. If they're like, yo, watch out for Kalu. He, he's the third name on the scouting report. Then you're doing it wrong. That's what I mean. Like you would be doing your team a disservice putting together that kind of sky report. So when we look at Georgetown, we need to look at their body of work, key games, look at what teams have taken advantage of and go from there. A Mm -hmm. small sample size cannot define your season. I I mean, I completely agree. Um, I, and I, I'm, I think, I don't know more than anything. I, it sucks that I, I have to root for Georgetown to lose, but I also think it it's going to be a fun matchup too. I, I just overall wrapping up thoughts. Like I'm excited to watch, see you play a name brand team that has a lot of players that are, that can, that can go off. And I think that also is going to be fun to see if CU bounces back. I don't know. It's, I'm more excited to play Georgetown than I would be to play at Winthrop, which would just make me sweat bullets or like, um, I guess we wouldn't play Oregon State again as a 12 seed, but I think it's the most fun 12 seed matchup you can get, um, which also leads to some some nervousness too. So overall, I like I think it's fun, and I I don't know CU minus four seems kind of right, if if not a little generous towards CU for me, and I guess that's that's my final thought. I think Buffs will win. I think they're better. I think if we just look at it from a regular standpoint, I think we just win. Well. I would, I would agree. Um, you know, I mean, look, like, you, you, I want an emotional head, right? I, I want to say, oh, yeah. they're definitely going to lose, so that right. I can be super happy when it happens, and not that disappointed yeah. if it doesn't. Uh, but we are playing what I think is ultimately the worst 12 seed, a team that wouldn't even be in the NIT if they didn't play their best basketball of the season over three days, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, I, I would probably pick us to win. <clears throat> something in the realm of like high 60s to low 60s um, okay first first game uh i don't know if people will shoot the ball incredibly well uh might come down to free throws by the way they went perfect against villanova they missed like nine free throws in the uh, <laughs> biggies ter- uh final yep. so you know they, they had a colorado moment there uh but yeah i i, I think we'll win all right. Um, well, I, I guess, yeah, I, the highest seed ever that, that Colorado basketball has achieved, um, even after that, that Pac-12 tournament game. So, overall, I'm super excited that McKinley gets to go to the tournament finally. First game in four years, like we said at the top. Um, Will, I know you're putting out great content. I listen uh, to every episode at Freeball and Podcast. And you also did something really cool this year with um, a Patreon, I think, that – 
that adds some extra goodies. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we launched a Patreon uh, where we're doing every game reaction pods, um, also some written content that we've dropped, and then just I don't know random random things that are uh, subscriber only. We did a little promo that if we got to 69 subscribers by tip off of the Pac-12 title game, I'd do shots on the reveal show for every seed that we got in the Pac-12 uh, in the tournament, which meant I did five shots of cognac before I jumped on the air with you guys. Yes. Uh, and, but yeah, so, I, you know, uh, obviously we'd love to have everybody subscribe, but at the end of the day, just uh, what I would say to people is, especially going in this off season, make sure you're supporting your Colorado publications, whether it's uh, 24 seven or anything else, just like support your buff writers going into the off season. It's a weird time of year for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, so we appreciate everybody. And I appreciate you guys for, for having me on. Yeah. yeah thank we, you. Will. We've been wanting it to do it for a while. We're glad it finally worked. Uh, that Patreon is free ball and podcast. If everyone wants to go over there and make sure they get past the 69, 69 mark. Um, oh, we did. Unfortunately, <laughs> It took a lot quicker than I had anticipated, <laughs> uh, but nonetheless, here we are. Yeah, and um, I can—I think I speak for everyone. I'm glad that that you and Tyler get to be as evolved as you want to be um, on the to mm. see you basketball beat because I I find you super informative, uh, super approachable, and just fun to listen to. So everyone definitely should free ball podcast. Um, and I don't know instant reactions. We we got Georgetown in the in the NCAA tournament, and um, should be fun. Buzz! Buzz!